Hoogs house. Yo, we have a real basketball game to talk about. Not a practice, not a scrimmage, not that funky stuff. We have a real freaking game to talk about tonight. Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the podcast of our your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Angel, who break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater came to stop by, please share, share, hit subscribe, and download the podcast each day for the latest Cougs all year long. If you're subscribed, our show should pop up in your feed each day, so you can be sure to make Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. And today, we're going to look at a basketball game. Yes, a real-life game that happened last night between our Houston Cougars and the Northern Colorado Bears. And we should add that head coach Kelvin Sampson notched career win number 700. Now, this wasn't pro- projected to be a very tight contest, but worked out to be even less competitive by game's end than I think anyone expected. Houston won the game 83-36. to But we do have plenty to talk about. If the Cougs embark in the season, we hope to have a historical outcome in. It's going to be an important year for the Cougs, and I think that we have plenty to talk about from the first game. In the first segment, we're going to get a shout-out to a handful of spectacular performances from a handful of Cougs that really did stand out. Everyone got to play. Everyone did get to score. I believe I'm reading the score sheet right, but we're going to look at some guys that really did stand out. Uh, in the second segment, we're looking at the X's and O's, kind of something that really stood out for Houston in that regard or in the coaching aspect. And then the third segment, we're going to look at some kind of things to take away as you get ready to head to Indianapolis to play St. Joe's on Friday. But first, let's talk about some, like, you know, things put up on your locker or some different things hanging up in the locker room or some performances that really, really stand out. Uh, first and foremost, obviously, the star of the show is one Marcus Sasser. Now, Marcus Sasser is a projected first-round pick and, frankly, would have been a projected first, would have been a first-round pick, I should say, a year ago. And the fact that he came back to Houston, we expect him to do these kinds of things and dominate the game in the way that he does. But he finished off with 21 points, 4 steals, 3 assists. As you point out, that on those 21 points, he shot 50% from the floor and 50% from 3. I think what's fascinating about that is, like, it felt like all 21 points were spectacular plays, either in the transition or in the break where he's getting up into guys, forcing contact to put the ball off the backboard into the basket, or just, like, deep, deep threes on the break that just gut-wrench you. I mean, like, the Dame Lillard, Steph Curry type deep. He had one step-back move right before the half, for a three to kind of end the first half. Like, oh my God, looked like the Harden Curry kind of stuff you see. I, mean, I didn't think Dane Lillard on the shot up for Paul George. It wasn't quite that deep, but oh my goodness, it's that kind of a pro move out of Sasser. Sasser looks so, so smooth. And defensively, he's all up in your jersey. Like he is an incredible basketball player. Really, really great performance tonight and a great way to start the season on a high note. Uh, coach Sampson did say post game that if you don't fit the Houston culture, he'd rather coach against you Obviously, Marcus Sasser is like the embodiment of so much of that Houston culture, but he's not the only guy in the Cougs that did that kind of stuff on the floor last night. Uh, J1 Roberts had an early dunk to start the season and was just an imposing force defensively as kind of a question mark in the starting five, and like the only question mark really in the starting five. I think he really solidified himself as a defensive presence. Six rebounds, one block, and three steals. And I don't think that quite tells the whole story of the impact that was felt from him on the defensive end. Um, I had to say that, like, honestly, I was really impressed by the way he found space as like when at one point in the Colorado to a zone and he like found gaps in the zone in a way that, you know, as a guy, 
I don't trust his offense that much. I love his effort, love his energy. I just wasn't really sure how I was going to feel in the offensive scheme. And he really did a great job, I think, of finding those soft spots. One big man that we knew was going to have a big kind of game that had a bigger kind of game than I think we even saw coming was Jairus Walker. Now, Jairus Walker is a big-time, five-star, projected top-ten pick, freshman, big man, 6'8", 230, like, going to dominate the Northern Colorado Bears because they don't have anyone that can match up with him but he did just that he had 12 rebounds six offensive rebounds which i think in the limited time he played because the starters all obviously played limited minutes in a big time blowout i think was really really important he did score just eight points and shot the ball kind of poorly on his jump shots he got to the rim pretty well but he shot the ball fairly poorly on his jump shots and i love that coach Sanders after the game said very bluntly that he could care less about his shooting uh, that defense is exactly why he's a top 10 pick he's a very switchable defender that guards like five positions very very well for sure at the college level and potentially at the pro level as well because he's got the strength to stand up with big men down low and he's got the like athleticism and footwork and you know all those agility kind of things that keep him as a great great perimeter defender as well he is going to be a special special player to watch on that end this season and i know that's why he fits in so well with what samson does and i also know that's why samson doesn't care if he shoots you know three for 14 or whatever his shooting numbers were i, I believe it was three for 14. I also think it's interesting to say that like, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily like have to score on jump shots. He just kind of did that a few times in the early parts of the game. When he wants to, he can get the ball on the ground, get the rack very, very smoothly. And we'll get to more of the schematic things and how that worked out in a second, but he's got multiple levels to this game. And just because the jump shot didn't work, it doesn't mean he's by any stretch done. Now, other big men like Reggie Chaney was super active. I think the most impressive play Chaney had was his like coast to coast steal uh, to a dunk at the other end and like honestly that's the kind of play like if you're if you're five man's doing that all of a sudden the game opens up because that means like your guards can do more like spotting from the corner like he's coming down like just the the athleticism shown there by reggie cheney i think it's he's a great big man to have pulling up off the bench uh, emmanuel sharp you know he got hot at the end of the game made a couple threes late uh, i think that there will be a chance that you know as he continued he had a major leg injury this time a year ago transferred into houston for a redshirt season last year and kind of got with the medical staff He's the kind of guy you could really see step into a more like rotational type role as this season goes on because he was a highly touted recruit coming in. He's, you know, a coach's kid at heart and he's frankly a very, very fascinating basketball player to watch because he's lost a bunch of weight and he's in a whole different like physical looking kid than he was when he showed up to Houston a year ago. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how he develops over the course of the season as he fits into that new body, as he gets used to working his leg out after having you know, been off it for so long, those kinds of things. It's going to be really interesting to see how he develops this season. Speaking of freshmen, we got to shout out Terrence Arsenal. I loved the way that he was cutting around off the ball. He had the, obviously a big putback, I think, that made the like Twitter highlight reel or whatever. But I think it was interesting to see like he's very, very active. And you know, if you watch his Beaumont United tape, he didn't have to be because the ball was in his hand so much that he was frankly dribbling the ball a lot. And I was interested. To, I was interested in seeing how much he moved without the ball in his hands. And I thought that was really really impressive from a young kid because it's kind of thing you see people develop over time with their game especially when you like go from being the best player on i mean it's a five-star recruit as a six-five guard he was the best player on his high school team that won back-to-back state championships and had you know he had buzzer beaters and the big plays and all those runs and suddenly he's put in a role where like oh i'm on the floor with like a bunch of pros right there's a handful of guys in the, on the houston basketball team that have a shot if not a guaranteed kind of thing where they get up the pros at some point and frankly like he fit in by saying okay those guys can dribble the ball, I'll find another way to be involved. And obviously, like, the defense is what brings him to Houston. The defense is what makes him a Kelvin Sampson kind of guy. But man, oh man, was that cool to see. He was really running around the floor super, super fast. Speaking of super, super fast, 
This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. We're going to talk about some thrilling moments in college football from Nissan. Yes, there were thrilling moments in the college football game between the Houston Cougars and the SMU Ponies over the weekend, even though our Cougars did lose. So we're going to give the thrilling moment from the weekend to uh, the onside kick at the end because there was a brief moment there where we really thought we had hope. Frankly, they almost executed an onside kick. They kicked before. They got the stop, got the defense, got the ball back, and scored, and then had to do the onside kick, and they got it back. There's a really, really, there's a moment there where we thought things were going to go our way. If you've got a different thrilling moment, find me on Twitter, and let's talk about it. But that's one I'm going to give this week. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs and featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so we're going to look at some things in this segment we liked about the game, coaching-wise, schematically, excess and those kind of stuff. I'm going to try to do my best to talk you through this as we go because I do look at these things as a coach. But the first coaching thing we're going to look at, obviously, is that it was Kelvin Sampson's 700th career win. His 200th win in the third ward, I think, is which is important to say that the University of Houston's been a part of 200 of these things. When he hits 750 at some point, I guess that'll technically be, you know, we hope, I guess, next season. I guess that'll be his, like, you know, solid third of the games have been spent in Houston. Now, the Cougs had a touching video for him with a number of Sampson's former players from each of his stops across the country, you know. From Houston, you had Corey Davis, Nate Hinton, Dejan Giroux, uh, Quentin Grimes, Armani Brooks, Fabian White. Uh, Fabian White's been a part of a lot of those wins, to be fair. Um, a lot of guys that represent Houston very well. Uh, Galen Robinson had a funny joke. Uh, like A really, really great, you know, poignant moment that ends the video with his grandkids. It's a really, really special video. It's all over the Twitter, so make sure you go check that out. It's, it's a really, really well done thing by the Houston staff, so congrats on that. And frankly, you know, Samson was quick to give the credit from his 700 wins and the post-game stuff to all of his players and that's something as a coach I, I really like to see at him as well and so you know this is the kind of program that's being built the right, right way and it, it's being built by people that build things the right way and it's great to see that you know success both happen here and to this guy over and over again now in a more x and o's kind of thing one thing that i really liked and it, i guess not technically like schematic like x and o's so maybe that's not the right phrasing but the pace of the game was exactly the way houston is going to want to play all night it's going to look like it's chaos at all times and it's controlled chaos it's understood chaos it's chaos but houston knows what's going on chaos but that was the frantic pace of the game all night long right and that's the fun basketball that they play both as a fan because it's like you never know what's coming next and it's frankly the more fun thing to coach in because you're dictating the pace you're imposing your will on the other team with the pace of the basketball game and that all comes down to jamal shed now he had his foot on the gas and it was shifting to fourth gear all night long but what i was impressed by was there were a few different times where things were going a little too fast and he did a great job of picking those spots to be methodical and set guys up while doing it he ended up with nine assists and frankly like had they needed to score a lot more points i think he could have had a lot more assists right he was clearly picking his spots to force those or picking his spots not to force those but like push those kind of things throughout the course of the game that was really really impressive and well done by him now in the x's nose more schematic thing the thing i've been alluding to here 
I was fascinated that Houston had so much success with the floppy set in a zone setting. Um, so the floppy set is like we have cross the lane action screens for in, in layman's terms, it's cross lane action screens to open up the post guy. Um, I was really, really impressed by the way Houston did it against the zone because the, those guys can just switch that you'd think, but Houston had a lot of success of it against the zone. And frankly, you know, as they set that cross screen and pull the guy over, what's interesting to me is that as they do that, that's kind of getting the ball into like this low block post-up position that we don't necessarily think about as being like a key go-to position for this Houston team with so many great guards. I mean, Jamal Shedd, Marcus Sasser, Tremont Mark, all these guys that we think of as being great guards in Houston, and they're doing this post-up set to get the ball into the hands of guys down low. But what was fascinating was they got Jairus Walker in the spots down low to kind of get him going. And I th think that what's interesting there is that like he's going to be a matchup problem. He's going to be faster and more explosive than guys big enough and strong enough to cover him. Or he's going to be bigger and stronger than guys that are as explosive and quick to cover him. And that's going to constantly work in his favor. And what I think you'll see when this happens in more man matchups is guys are going to double Walker out of, in the post and someone's going to open up right on a back cut or a three or, or whatever, right? But in the zone, what happened was basically like whatever poor kid is out there trying to defend him on the wing, and I don't, I'm not going to call it guys from North Colorado by number, all of a sudden they're stuck on an island had to cover this like beast of an athlete on his way to the basket. And that was, again, how Walker got the points he got. And I think Houston didn't want to show too much of that, but I thought there was interesting success there. They also ran a couple times and then had the backside post pop to the nail or the nail in the middle of the free throw line, right? Like around the middle of the free throw line is there's a nail on every basketball court. So I'll say that he pops the nail quite frequently, right? So he pops the nail and all of a sudden that opens up like a whole different gap in the zone that, you know, you saw J1 Roberts score a couple early baskets on that kind of action in that kind of a spot, right? Um, you saw like even JV Francis down the stretch was like getting the ball and reversing it. And, and like, that was really, really interesting. Um, floppy and getting those kind of actions out of a floppy set for Houston was just something, you know, we've seen Samson run floppy before. He did a great job with it, getting taste and athletic plays. Like really, you know, some of those lobs came out of like initial floppy actions last year, right? Uh, taste being the big man, Taze Moore being the big man a year ago. And I think what's interesting here is in this season, the focus is so much on the guards that I, I guess I just intuitively thought they're gonna move away from it and they did not. Um, and so, you know, when they had to book with on a set, running that set specifically was interesting to see, especially against the zone, but especially like given what they've got right now. Now, the set that they, they ran the most is like the most simple set in America, right? They ran four out, one in, and a lot of one four or one five pick and rolls. And they did this both with the traditional big man and J1 Roberts or Reggie Chaney or whomever the traditional big man is coming off the ball screen. They also ran it, and I thought it was interesting, when Jairus Walker was in at the four, and they had like, you know, two traditional bigs in, and I guess it wasn't just when Walker was at the four, but when they had two traditional bigs in, they ran a one-four pick and roll with the five-man low on the initial ball side. So what they're doing there is like, if you've got the two guards at the top, and then two guards, in the, or two wing guys in the corners, and then one of the wing guys is like your power forward, and he comes across the lane and sets a like ball screen on the ball side, the same, and the five is that side's block. And then the point guard, the guy drilling the basketball, I guess could also be your two guard, is then attacking off the screen. So then you have like a true high-low on the offside as the guy's crossing the midline across the court. And then your guard is dropping the ball off to theoretically either a high-low, he's driving kicking for three, or doing a number of different things out of that. And I think that's something that kind of they're adding this year with a more versatile group of bigs. Um, they have some guys that are traditional bigs, but they also have some guys that can kind of, you know, Jairus Walker being key among them, that can play like this kind of a combo, different type of 
four spot. Defensively, schematically, I, I frequently have a harder time exactly diagnosing what Samson does because truthfully, his players are so aggressive defensively that some of it is just, it's Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's, right? And I do think it's interesting that like, they're not quite playing like a traditional pack line in the like, when Virginia was good, they were in a pack line where basically all you do is take away easy shots and say, if you hit a bunch of hard, hard shots from out that distance or, you know, moving that direction or whatever, like you're packing the line to make them force into like, the, and you make those you beat us, right? That was the old Virginia way to play basketball. And we saw we saw them get upset in the 16 seed versus one seed. Like sometimes that happens. Houston does sink back and like they prefer you just like bombs away from three. And if you, you know, shoot 60% and a half from three, we'll figure something else out at halftime. But that's not like they don't they don't cover you at 27, 28, 29 feet. But they also don't necessarily just like give up going side to side. They're so so great laterally because they don't like dictate you and give you a direction. They take both directions away. And so schematically, I want to say it looked like a lot of a 54 type of man to man defense. That's to say that like of the five offensive players, Houston was switching four of the matchups. Right, 54 switching four of the five matchups. And what's interesting there is is that you know it's not that Northern Colorado had a huge size advantage in the big guys. Right, I mean. Their, their center himself was a seven footer, you know, 260 pounds. And so that's the one we're not switching, but like their, their other forwards were not anything like six, seven, two ten, right? That, that's like, and that's not crazy. That's not much bigger than, you know, Tremont Mark. Tremont Mark's listed at six, five. Oh, there's a funny joke between coaches and the guys after the game about whether or not Tremont Mark is actually six foot five, but that that's not for here that we'll let them discuss that. I want to, you know, no shots fired at forward slash guard at Tremont Mark. Um, but outside of the big seven footer, they didn't have anyone that we couldn't switch with. And so Houston did a lot of like switching and getting into like their defensive uh, aggression from that standpoint. And what they really allowed them to do was be really aggressive because I keep saying the word aggressive, I guess that's like the marquee word for this Houston defense. But what that ends up doing is that means that like if my guy, if my guys come to set a screen and I'm calling it, the screen's coming, we're switching. So I don't have to communicate who's going where, da, da, da. I know that as soon as he crosses the screener, I can get up in his chest, right? And it's like very, very immediate. And it was very, very interesting to see how quickly those kinds of things happened. And frankly, those kinds of things looked like they had all of the Northern Colorado team sweating. I mean, sweating bullets. And speaking of sweating bullets, I talk for a living all the time <laughs> and I am constantly sweating because I'm talking in front of groups of people. And I have recently stopped sweating because of our buddies at Sweatblock. Now, Sweatblock gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. The Sweatblock wipes were featured and tested by Rachel Ray on her show with some firefighters. Uh, I also have to say that you know Sweatblock wipes are invented by a doctor. They're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. You can get your dry shirt guarantees, what they call it, uh, is doctor invented and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock risk-free today. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon, but make sure you use promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. All right, so in this third segment, we're gonna typically look at like things to work on and more things to work on. And that's frankly, I don't I don't mean to be dismissive. Hard to do in a game where you win by 47 points. Now, I think obviously some of that is like frankly because Houston only won by 47 points because they didn't push this thing out and run away with it because it's just Northern Colorado and that's just not the right thing to do. That's not like the cultural kind of thing to do that, uh, that Kelvin Sampson's trying to build here, right? Is stopping us on where they're down at that point is probably not the, the best look. But I will say on like things that I enjoyed seeing um, and you know we can start working on gelling, I guess, but it was great to see these guys back on the floor 
playing together. We didn't get to see the Texas scrimmage, we didn't get to see the Duke scrimmage, so the red and white scrimmage are kind of playing against each other, right? And this is the first time we got to see them all back on the floor working together. And I think that if we're being blunt about it, I, I like the idea of these guys playing together and gelling more and more, so just continue to work on that chemistry because they got some new faces, right? Um, guys back on the floor that were hurt last year, obviously guard Marcus Sasser missed so much of last season. Jamal Mark had his, his own shoulder injury, missed a lot of last season. So like the way J that Jamal Shedd fits in with Sasser is just going to be different, right? It's just gonna be different. And that's not to say that like Kyler, point guard from last year, Kyler was like necessarily not good. He was very good, but he wasn't Marcus Sasser, right? And so the way that they mesh and gel together will be different this season. So continuing to gel will be part of it. Now, Colorado, Northern Colorado is a great tune-up game for that. I hope that St. Joe's this Friday has the same kind of uh, impact on the Houston Cougars. Um, I, I think the other thing is like gelling with these freshmen, right? For the first time since like, honestly, like five slam pajama times, it's legitimately the first time in the ESPN recruiting rankings, Houston's got this kind of five-star caliber freshman, a couple of them, right? And so in doing that, you're gonna have to continue to work them in in a way that they're comfortable. I'm not saying that Jairus Walker's poor shooting performance is the fault of anyone else, because frankly, it's not anyone's fault that he shot the ball poorly. I'm not even worried about the fact that he shot the ball poorly. I, I'm gonna go with Samson on that. If that if Samson's not worried, why should I be worried? But I will say that, you know, you've seen guys that have played together for a long time when someone's having trouble shooting the ball, they kind of find a way to get them to the spot they like. And that takes playing together for a long time. And this is the first game out the gates for freshman Jairus Walker. I think there's probably a fair amount of jitters. I mentioned back the red and white scrimmage. I thought he had a little bit of jitters in that one too. Um, and so I wonder, he then goes on to dominate the Texas scrimmage and Duke scrimmage by all accounts. And so I wonder if there might be something there. And I think that gels as it goes, right? I also feel like, um, and, and I know it's hard to say, like, I wish the ones who got more involved in a game when, like, you know, bluntly, you're not trying to run up the score because you're not that kind of a program. I want to see more Terrence Arsenal involved, right? We heard a lot about this freshman from Beaumont United. He is from around the corner. He's a kid we've all been watching in Houston area for a long time now, uh, making big-time plays, big-time plays, big-time plays. When does he kind of get more of that 2-3 role in the offense, right? Like, again, playing the two-guard, the three-guard maybe in a, a you know power forward in a truly small lineup or something like, like when does he get to do those kinds of things and i think again that's like something i'm looking forward to because i think that's somewhere like this team can go this team can go hyper small ball with jairus walker as your quasi five and then uh, terrence arsenault marcus sasser jamal shed and tremont mark uh, you could also put out someone like you know ramon walker or emmanuel sharp as one of those guards in the mix as well and like have a small lineup that doesn't give up too much in size because of the like duality and the multiplicity of how you could use a Jairus Walker. We didn't get to see a whole lot of that tonight, and I want to see how that goes because I think if you think of the frenetic pace that Houston plays with, that only gets amplified when you go small. And I think it's gonna be a really impressive and important thing that they need to have this season. Um, one thing I think that is interesting to look at with this team um, is that you know what it's gonna look like. On the defensive side of things, they're playing these 54 switching schemes, or even they go to 55 switching, or, or you know whatever it is, or if they're doing something along the lines of like the same like continual pressure with inside of 27, 28 feet, or or whatever the case may be. Like, what does it look like when you're not dramatically more athletic than the other team, right? What's it look like when they're calling all those ticky tack fouls on Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sess? What's it look like when like what do those kinds of things look like? And we didn't get to see that in the Northern Colorado game. Part of that's just because Northern Colorado, right? Like we, we were never gonna see that in that game. But also part of that's like, 
are we at, when when do we get to see that and do we get to see that before the games count too too much like do we get to see that against Alabama or do we have to wait till March do we get to see that against Oregon or do we have to wait till March do we see it in Virginia do we have to wait till March right? like those kinds of things speaking of things that like we need to kind of figure as we go about this Houston did have a slow start I mean again they had a 50 point second half but that's again they had 83 points not 100 so like that means the first half was noticeably slower now obviously defensively they had a great game across the board but on offense it looked like in the first like quarter of the game they did kind of get slowed down by the set you know northern colorado zone and eventually they find what ways it went run floppy against it and the one four pick and roll and those kinds of things i mentioned in the x's and o's segment but there will be games against teams that come out in a zone that you can't start slow in because they're going to slow the game down frankly if i'm coaching against houston i also run a zone right i'm trying to slow the game down get back slow down the pace and take Houston out of those frenetic elements that they want to play with. And if I'm being honest, that opening four or five minutes where like Houston was like, oh, what, they run a zone? Like, I get they haven't practiced it a whole lot because they probably didn't do a whole lot of game planning for North Colorado, but I, I need them to be ready to play against the zone. And, and I, I, I know that this was not the game they scout a whole lot, but I need them to be ready to play against the zone. And so, you know, I'd, I'd hope that they get the kind of thing done before they scout a team that they're going to play a lot more zone down the road. <laughs> the funny thing that I'm laughing at as I'm going through my notes here is my last thing I want to work on, I want to see more of, is I want to hear more about what happened with Jairus Walker when he's like holding his side. They really like they on TV they like zoomed in on it a lot, like whatever's going on with his amp with his side, and it sounds like he caught a cramp. And I was frankly, when I wrote that note, I was really really worried. And it sounds like on the post game he caught a cramp, and I'm really really happy it was just a cramp but if you want to talk about cramps or <laughs> or jarris walker or marcus Sasser or anything going on with houston cougars make sure you follow me on twitter at painsworth 512 p-a-i-n-s-w-o-r-t-h 512 on twitter and instagram i love to talk cougs rockets the Astros from the world series whatever you talk about houston sports even the texans i guess whatever you talk about houston sports though make sure you find me on twitter at painsworth 512. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Cougars Day. Make sure you download and subscribe to get it in your feed each and every day and make this your first listen of the day. For a second listen, I'm going to recommend Locked on Rockets because Jackson got them. It's a great show and they won a game last night. <laughs> so let's go enjoy that one with that crew. Thank you so much for making Locked on Cougars first listen of your day. Locked on Cougars is a proud member of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Go Cougs!